Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. Two weeks ago, I shared about the Jesus Christ that we must know and acknowledge in, uh, from the book of Revelation chapter 1, uh, the glorious and victorious king who will be coming back for his people. Uh, we talked about Jesus is no longer on the cross. Right now, he's sitting up in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And if you go to Revelation chapter 1, that is what he looks like right now. Uh, and then last week, Vanessa encouraged and challenged us. I felt a little bit in challenge. So hopefully, some of us will get, be, in cha- be challenged is to slow down and give Jesus our focus and our undivided attention. Uh, it is not easy to do, especially for us, people who live in the city of Chicago. It's such a fast-paced city, such a fast-paced lifestyle, and we tend to get caught up in it. But it's important for us as people who have been set apart Because of our faith in Jesus, we must slow down and spend time with him, knowing more of Jesus, both who he is and what he has done, will give us a good understanding of our own identities, because we want to know who we are, right? But in order to know who we are, if we know Jesus, then we will know who we are and who we were made to be. Uh, Knowing more of Jesus will give us a correct view of our Christology, I, I just felt like when I wrote down Christology, I just felt like a, a scholar. You know, Christology, some of you may or may not have heard of it. Christology is knowing the nature and the work of Jesus. I just want to share that because I know that uh, as someone who did not grow up in a church setting, sometimes people throw out these theological terms, and I'm sitting there, I was like, what does that really mean? But Christology is knowing the nature and the work of Jesus including the incarnation of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, his human natures, his divine natures, the identity of Jesus. So the more the correct view of our Christology, the more we know of Jesus, the more we will be able to live as Christians, right? That means people who are following Jesus Christ. That's what it means, right, Christians, or the people who pledge our allegiance to Jesus. But if we don't know who we're pledging our allegiance to, then we can't really call ourselves so the more that we know about Jesus Christ, the better we can be Christians. And, if, and we want to know him, and we must strive to know him as much as possible. Uh, so, all right, so I think you guys get the point. So not that we think, not, not the Jesus who we think he should be, not the Jesus who we hope he will be, not the Jesus who we wish he would be, because that would be a new age religion, Right? what we think is happening out there. We're guessing and we're hoping, and we're hoping that we will eventually come out on the victorious side. No, we need to know who he truly is. And having a solid understanding, a firm grasp on our Christology, on Jesus, will strengthen our security and our salvation. We need to know that we have eternal life through Jesus. So once we know about his suffering and his death on the cross, that will help us to have a firm understanding and secure, be secure in our eternal life, in our salvation, and know that we belong to the kingdom of God. So that will alter how we live. We don't just live like everyone else anymore. 
we will live differently because we know who we are. So if we live differently than everyone else, then that means we have a very strong understanding of who Jesus is and who we belong to. So that's a question that we all should ask ourselves. Right? You don't need to give the answer this morning. Uh, this morning, I want to talk about the same magnificent King Jesus, the one true living God who is the beginning and the end. Thank you. And he wants to make his dwelling within each of us. I, I think we talked about who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Now, this same amazing Jesus wants to become one with us wants to come and live with us and be with us all the time, and he wants to be inseparable from us. Isn't that amazing? And, and just so you know, this is not a New Testament thing. We have seen many references to this in terms of there's a Savior that's coming. His name is Jesus, and when he comes, he will be in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies. And I'll just list uh, two verses for, for the sake of time for this morning from Psalm 40. Verse 8, he said, I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. And also in Jeremiah 31, when Jesus spoke of making a new covenant, new covenant with Jesus, he said, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. So Jesus fulfilled the law, and he magnified the law, right? Because the law was, you shall not kill. Jesus said, you shall even think about killing. Jesus said, you shall not commit adultery. You shouldn't even think about. I've just realized we do have kids here. So you shouldn't even think about that in the first place. So he magnified the law. He fulfilled the law. So he's the very definition of the law of God. And Jesus is the law. And when we have Jesus in our hearts, we have the law within our hearts. So the way to let Jesus into our heart, the only way, and I know I'm speaking to the choir, but I feel it's important to really repeat this. The only way, which is to believe with our hearts and declare with our voices, with our mouths, that he is Lord Jesus, the Son of God, came and died for us and was raised again. That's the only way. Right? This is how we invite him to come and make his dwelling within us. Right? That's how we receive eternal life. He wants to come, but only do so when we acknowledge him and invite him to come. It is not through church attendance. You have no idea how many times people talk to me. Well, I've been going to church, so I know I'm going to go to heaven. It's like, we need to have a deep theological conversation. Because no, it is very important for us to go to church. It is very important because if you're here, we believe in the local church strongly. and We believe everyone should go to church. However... That does not give us salvation. Or how much money you donate to the church, right? Tithings and offering. It is something that we must do because it's something that we believe in. Because when we tithe, there's three things we talked about this, right? When we tithe, we trust that God is our believer, is our provider. Well, not our believer. He provides for us. We truly trust that he provides for us. It's not our ability or capability. He is our provider. Obey scriptures because that's what scripture teaches and acknowledge that God is putting us in a local church. So it's not like how much you donate to people. You probably have seen lots of movies where these bad guys, the cartel, bring a bunch of money to the church and, and they think that that's how they would get into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Or how many candles you burn in a church for loved ones. You see that all the time in movies. And I just want to break down and say, no, that is not it. 
you can pray all you want, but number one, who are you praying to? And number three, it doesn't really help you to get into heaven or, or membership of any denominations or, or even someone praying for you. It's not going to get us into heaven, right? Or if we marry someone and they know Jesus, that's not going to get us into heaven either because marriage by association is not going to do us any good. Or I was born to a pastor, right? My kids, thankfully, have accepted Jesus when they were young. But if they did not, it doesn't mean that they will receive salvation through me or Vanessa. We have to accept, acknowledge, and invite Jesus into our hearts. Not infant baptism. I know that's going to be a controversial one. Or any other method. The only way, as I said, is to receive salvation, is to acknowledge Jesus and invite him into our hearts. And I feel that it's important to always remind ourselves of that because sometimes we get caught up in the things that we do instead of what Jesus has done for us. So let's get back to Jesus wants to come, become one with us, to dwell within us. Ephesians 3, 17, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. So that Christ may dwell in our hearts. So as soon as we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he died on the cross for our sins, that is the invitation, right? We acknowledge him and we say, God, you died for me. Come into my heart and lead me and guide me and be my king, my Lord, my Savior. So once we invite Jesus into our hearts, the invitation that is wholeheartedly and truthfully, it's very important to emphasize that because I want to emphasize that when you invite Jesus into our hearts wholeheartedly and truthfully, that's how we receive him. If we're just saying that because we're dating someone, and am I touching on nerve? If we're just saying that just for the sake of, of keeping someone happy, I want to encourage you guys to invite Jesus into our heart and do that wholeheartedly and truthfully. When Jesus comes into our heart and he automatically becomes one with us. I want to emphasize the becoming one with us. It's the same as Jesus is one with the Father. I know we read, we read scriptures a lot about Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. They always want three and one, one and three. We cannot explain that. We can't, cannot grasp that. That is the same thing. That is the same thing when Jesus is becoming one with us. It's inseparable. Nothing, I said, nothing from the smallest sin to the worst sin that you can possibly think of. Think of something worse, really, really bad. From the smallest to the biggest, worst, absolute, most horrible sin, they all fit into that nothing can separate us from our Father, from Jesus. Right? Romans 8, 38. Nothing, I say, not even death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future nor the, any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation can separate us. So that's what it means to Jesus becoming one with us. Nothing can separate us. When we accept him, acknowledge him, and invite him to come in. It is once and forever. Just so you know, we don't need to do this every Sunday. So if you, I shouldn't say you, I used to do this. If we go out on a Saturday night, right, we had a little bit too much fun, we hang out, and we come on Sunday, and we feel like we need to, oh, Jesus, I need to accept you and invite you into my heart again. No, we only need to do it once. Once and it will forever. That's all we have to do. Here's, here's another verse about Jesus. I'm, I'm not encouraging anyone to go out and party it up on Saturday night, just so you guys know. That is not encouraged. 
And if, if those who are listening on the recording, it's not encouraged. Here's another verse about Jesus uh, living within us. Right? I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 2.20. So until we have the revelation that Jesus is our almighty God, Jesus Christ, the one whose eyes like blazing fire, picture that, eyes like blazing fire, voice like the sound of rushing waters, until we know that's the Jesus, the now Jesus, that's why I like to say the now Jesus, until we know that is who he is, we won't be able to fully appreciate this verse. The same God who wants to come and lives in me and with me, like forever. An illustration that I want to use is I'm going to throw out some popular names. I think they're popular, but they may not be popular to you. Lionel Messi. You guys may have from Ronaldo, right? These are soccer players. Mbappe. Uh, Warren Buffett. I think everyone heard of that, right? Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Tiger Woods, Neymar, Brad Pitt, Denzel Washington, LeBron James, Roger Federer, Tom Brady. I think I may have covered a lot of different areas now. All of them want to come and be my best friend. All of them want to come and be my best friend, right? What if they come? I know they do. So what if they come and want to be my best friend and they say, Hugh, you're my buddy, you're my best friend. All my fame, all my popularity, all my money, you can have it. Everything I have, you can have it. And wherever you go, you can name drop me to get whatever you need. All of them combining. And they all want to be with me 24-7, seven days a week, every day of the year. And offering everything that they have to me. That is only a tiny glimpse, a tiny glimpse in comparison to Jesus, the Almighty God, wanting to become one with us. Because none of those people have supernatural gifting. None of those people can heal the sick. None of those people can bring back the dead. None of those people can create anything. But Jesus, so that's, I'm, I'm going to use that illustration. It's like if I know all of them, just for the sake of my imagination, all of them wanted to be my best friend, but I said, no, I have Jesus. <laughs> so I want to use that illustration to, to get us to understand what it means when Jesus wants to come and to be a part of us. So when we invite Jesus into our hearts and become one with him, we get the benefits of all that he went through, right? We got all the power, the gifting, but also we got the benefits of his crucifixion. He went through that. We actually didn't have to go through it. I would never make it. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't think any of us will make it through the actual crucifixion and his resurrection. We got the benefits of that also, even though we didn't go through those things. And those things, actually, that's what happened. It's not an experience. It's not an emotional. It's not a feeling. This is something that Jesus has done for us and we can claim as our own because we're one and together, right? It's the same thing as those guys, think, and they will come to me and say, hey, Warren Buffett will come to me. It's like, hey, Hugh, all my money, all my fame, all my name, all my knowledge, you can have it. It's the same thing. Jesus was crucified. That was a fact. And because he's in us and he's one of us, we can say, yeah, I was crucified also because I am Jesus. Jesus is me. And we have been resurrected with Christ. That was also a fact because Jesus was seen by over 500 people. That is a fact. We have non-Christian writers back in those days acknowledge that Jesus came back alive. They just couldn't understand it. So that was 
that is a fact. So having the resurrected Christ in us should change us and transform us from what we were before Jesus. Because when Jesus lived in me, we are no longer the same person as the person without Jesus. So when, when Jesus finished with this world, this earth that, that we live in, after he was crucified, he never came back to his old positions. That was why I said last week that Jesus is no longer on the cross. When he came back, now he's sitting, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Go to Revelation chapter 1 again. Remind ourselves that every day. This is what he is and this is what he looks like. That's the now Jesus. So the same thing happened to us as Christians. Through Jesus and because of Jesus, we are in a different position forever. The old position that we were in are gone, is gone, we're gone. Well, you guys can work that out. It is a fact, right? It's a fact because it is not a feeling. It's a fact. It happened. Christ entered in our hearts when we believe, and he comes into our life, and that's what it means to have Christ lives in me, lives in me. So our feelings may go up and down. You know, if you're like me, you have good days and you have bad days, right? Some of us may have more bad days and good days. Some of us may have good days and bad days. It doesn't matter. If we're really honest with ourselves, we do have bad days and good days. But the same thing is Jesus is always with us. He doesn't go away when we have a bad day or we have a good day. He's always with us. So that's the fact that Jesus remains in us, the same and constant. And the thing that happened was, it happened. We died to the realm of sins and finished with condemnations. Who we once were are gone forever. We always need to remind ourselves that. It is something that happened the second that we become in Christ. So let's grasp the fact and the privilege that we have the now Jesus with us and in us. So let's look at one more verse, the last one for this morning. Colossians 1.27. If you guys know me for a certain amount of time, you know that I love this verse. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The indwelling of Jesus is the hope of glory. Jesus is within us, and he wants to get us to glory. For the sake of time, I would try to simplify this verse by saying this. When we make space for Jesus in our hearts and let him, him and his teaching, transform our lives, regardless of the environment around us, his glory, the hope of glory, will shine brightly. That's the light, right? When you read scriptures, you hear this light, right? You are the light. You are the light of this earth. Let your light shine before man. That is what it is, the hope of glory, the light of who Jesus is. is within us, transforming us, and it's shining to all those out there before us and around us. If we let Jesus guide our steps and lead us and follow him and do the things that he called us to do, that light will shine and lead us and guide us. And, and, which is, this is my favorite part, the light will draw those who have been living, in, been living in darkness. Not to us, but to the light that is Jesus. To the light that is Jesus. So that's what Matthew 5 is about, right? We have the light of Christ. We're the light of the earth. 
Let our light shine before man. So let Jesus come live within us and grow within us. Let the Jesus side be stronger and stronger every day. And then the things that we have done in the past, let those things go. Then our light will shine brighter and brighter. And I want to bring this morning to an end, almost, almost to an end, by reminding all of us about who Jesus is. Reminding us on the significance of who Jesus is, what he has done and what he's doing now and what he will do, continue to do. So um, by closing, just to help us have a better understanding on the significance of Jesus, remember the now Jesus. The now Jesus. Eyes like blazing fire. Voice like the sound of rushing water. His face shine like the sun in all his brilliance. And he has a sharp double-edged sword coming out of his mouth. Understand that is the victorious Jesus that we have with us. And secondly is, as Vanessa said last week, spend time with him. Focus on him to allow him to grow into us so that we can find our security and our identity and who we are. Right? We're not, we don't belong to this political party, that political party, we're the vax, unvax, non-vax, we're the this, we're the that. We are Jesus. We belong to Jesus. The more we know of who Jesus is, the less we worry about who we belong to. Right? Pretty soon, next thing I know, I won't even know what my gender is. But if we know who Jesus is, I will, that may have offended someone, but we need to know who Jesus is. So when we focus on Jesus, we will know who we are. It's more important to know who Jesus is. Then we will know who we are. Not to identify our, ident- not to identify our identity through our background, or our upbringing, or our um, race, our colors, or, or how we feel politically. I'll be swayed by the environment around us, but to know who we are because of Jesus. And he wants, and thirdly, it's, see, he's, so, he's all that amazing, and he wants to come and live within us. It's to always keep that in mind. He thinks so highly of you and I to want to become one with us, despite the junk and the mistakes and the hang-ups that we all have. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I know I have a lot of junk, a lot of hang-ups. You guys don't need to agree, okay? <laughs> I know I have a lot of junk, a lot of hang-ups, but he still wants to come and be with us, wants to be one with me and each of you. So if you know how amazing he is, know all the things that he has done for us, and then grasp the fact that he wants to become one, inseparable with us that will help us to have a significance, a greater significance and understanding of who Jesus is. I want to end with an illustration. Um, you guys know that I love movies, so there's always going to be a movie illustration. Have you guys seen the movie Jumanji? Jumanji, the, both the original and the re- remade, remake, Jumanji. So this is a movie of, um, it's pretty funny, actually, if you haven't seen it. So this is a movie about four high school kids who got pulled into the, into the video games, and they became the characters within that video games, right? So, and each of those characters has, has a different strength and weaknesses, and, and they don't look like who they used to be. They just look like this new person, this new character, and they have all their strengths and weaknesses. So it is the same 
as when we believe in Jesus. He comes and makes his dwelling within us. And we have become someone else's. Take on someone else's knowledge. Take on someone else's strength and power. And in this case, it's Jesus that we're taking on all the strength and the power. Jesus has no weaknesses, by the way. That's what it's like. So we want to learn and exercise the strength that he has given to us. That's why it's important for us to know about the gifting that Jesus wants to give us. It's important to know about who he has created for us to be so we can utilize that, know more about who he is through this, through scriptures, about who Jesus is. The weaknesses that we think we have are the things that we carry from the past, the things that we would not let go. But Jesus is coming into us, and he's saying, I want to give you all that I have. But sometimes we're not willing to let go of the things that we had from our past. So learn about our past and to avoid those mistakes, right, our past tendencies. I can tell you, so many of us don't even know the things that we're hanging on to. So that's why it's important to spend time with Jesus, to know why am I hanging on to those things? Why do I have insecurity in that area? Why do I keep repeating the same mistakes? Spend time with Jesus. Then he will point those things out to us. And we will not repeat those same things. Like some of the things like, oh, this is what my parents did. So I'm doing the same thing. Spend time with Jesus and we can break that cycle. Break that cycle and become all that Jesus has for us. Our past tendency, our past mindsets, our past worries and insecurity. Or this environment around us, right? The environment around us is money is king. Can I say that? I think I'm being honest when I say, right? Money is pretty much king because whoever has the most money is the most important person. Money is king right now, but if we have Jesus and allow him to lead us and guide us, then Jesus is king. Jesus will replace money. I, I know I have full-time jobs. I know we have bills to pay. I know we have things that we want to buy. Right? I love shopping. Um, we love shopping. We love shopping. But it's not king. Jesus is king. And Jesus is within us. And he wants us to do and pursue the things that he called us to do. Uh, don't let me wrong. I'm not downplaying money. Money is important. It's just how we use it and our heart and our love for money or for Jesus. So, and then so we can live as people who have been transformed through Jesus, right? Transformed mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and his light will come through physically. That's the light of Jesus that will shine. There's so much that we can receive from Jesus because he is coming into our heart. He wants to say, hey, have everything that I want to give you because I've given you everything, right? He made himself nothing from Philippians 2, 7, right? He emptied, emptied himself and temporarily separated himself from the Father, when he died on the cross. It's never been done before, and it will never happen again. He did that for us, for you and I, right? His faithfulness. Jesus said, I want you to have my faithfulness, so rely on me. The faith of Jesus Christ, Galatians 2, 16, it's not our faith. Jesus said, hey, it's my faith that you can trust in, not Jesus' faith, not my faith, because I can tell you, my faith sometimes is not as strong as it should be. And I think that's for all of us. So rely on the faith of Jesus, his identity. He's giving us his identity. He's saying, hey, come, invite me in. I will now 
instead of servant. Let you be sons and daughters. Have the same identity as me. Sons and daughters. He's giving his identity to us. His spirit, the Holy Spirit. He's like, no, the Holy Spirit who's always been with me, I'll send him to you. I'll ask the Father to send him to you so he can lead you, he can guide you, so you can live as resurrected people, live as transformed people. Kingdom. He's sharing his kingdom with us. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I love my house, but I'm not going to share that with everybody here. But he's sharing his kingdom with all of us. Luke 12, 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Jesus is willing to share everything for us. That's how amazing he is. And sometimes we just think that, oh, he's God. He died for us on the cross. No, there is so much more to Jesus. And when our Christology is fully established, we will find our identity and our security and how we live and be different and be the light that shines to all those around us. Then we can fully appreciate and have an understanding of how incredible, how amazing Jesus truly is. So that's what I have for us for this morning. Um, I'm going to close. I'm going to close with a prayer. Why don't you guys stand up? I know I feel like, I'm, just so you know, I'm very passionate about this. I'm not yelling at anyone. I'm not screaming at anyone. I'm just very passionate about who Jesus is, and I just feel that we, myself included, can and should strive to always learn more of Jesus every day. So, um, okay, let's close our eyes, and I'll pray for us. Father, we are so thankful for you, God. We're so thankful for what you're doing this morning and today that you're speaking to your people, that you reveal great and mighty things to your people, that you comfort your people, that you encourage your people, that you strengthen your people. Holy Spirit, we ask in the name of Jesus that you continue to do so, so we can grow in our revelation of you, Jesus. Grow in our love for you, Jesus. Grow in our identity of who we are through our understanding of you, Jesus. I just pray for a perseverance to pursue after you, a resilience to continue to chase after you, and the wisdom and the discernment to avoid the pitfalls and going off the path and only pursue after what you call us to do. And I just pray most of all, Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask in the name of Jesus that you will strengthen our hearts and for us to grow in our love for you grow in our understanding of your love for us, each and every one of us. We love you, and we praise you, Lord Jesus, and we let this morning be all about you, God. Let this weekend be all about you. Let this coming week be all about you, Jesus. Let your light, not my light, but your light, Jesus, shine today, tomorrow, and every day afterward. We love you, and we pray to all these things in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.